Welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. Fight to get in his presence. Fight against yourself to get in his presence. Hallelujah. He's waiting on you. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, praise team, for listening to the Lord and for ministering that to us today. Hallelujah. Good morning again, church family. I bring you greetings, of course, from my pastor, Bishop Alpha Jackson, who is now currently on the mission field in Kenya. Lady Jackson as well. I give honor to them both. I give honor to the ministers and elders inside the house and also you wonderful saints of God, the mighty lay people who live the Lord's word through your lives every single day. I'm thankful for each one of you. I want to minister to you today a word of encouragement. Um, we're going to go back and read the scriptures that we did earlier. Um, we're going to start with Exodus chapter 20, verse 17. And then we're going to skip over to Psalm 37, 1 through 8, okay? Um, so we're going to go Exodus 20, 17 first, and then Psalm 37, 1 through 8. While you're turning there, I just want to um, say hello to my son, um, who's at home. He's not feeling very well right now, but the Lord is healing his body. Um, and my wife as well, I love you. Um, the most beautiful woman in the world to me. Um, so I make sure I got to get honor where honor is due. Um, all right. All right. If you're at Exodus 2017, say amen. Awesome. Let's go ahead and get into the word of God. I'm going to be reading from a translation um, called the Berean. <laughs> the Berean Standard um, Bible. So... Just bear with me, okay? Um, so Exodus twenty seventeen, You shall not cover your neighbor's house. You shall not cover your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant or his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. All right? That's Exodus twenty seventeen. Now let's go over to Psalm 37, verses 1 through 8. Psalm 37 verses 1 through 8, okay? I'll give you a couple of seconds. Let me know when you get there. Awesome, awesome. All right, we're going to start at verse 1. Do not fret over those who do evil. Do not envy those who do wrong. For they wither quickly like grass and wilt like tender, tender plants. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will do it. He will bring forth your righteousness like the dawn, your justice like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when men prosper in their ways, when they carry out wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and abandon wrath. 
Do not fret. It can only bring harm. My sermon for today is literally two words. Fret not. Fret not. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, this is your time. All time is your time. But we're here together, Lord, as a corporate body. Also, those gathered online, Father, I pray, God, that they would also hear what you have to say today to your people. And to those, Lord, that don't believe, Lord, I pray that they hear as well, Father. Thank you right now, God, for this word. I pray, God, that you would use me in a way that is pleasing to you, Father. That what I do will give, will, will give a sweet smell and savor to you, Lord. I pray, God, that you would open my heart and my mouth, Lord, in the way that you desire. Speak the words from me that you desire to be spoken, Father. I pray, God, that you will help me tame my mind, Father. That I may not say things, Lord, that you don't want said, but I say the things that you require. Bless the hearers, Lord, as they hear today. I thank you right now, God, that you're giving them a word that they need to not fret. I thank you right now, God, for this time. We love you. We honor you. And we thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah, Lord. I had actually taken a part of the sermon out, um, but I, I think I got to say it now. Um, when I was younger uh, and unsaved, um, probably I think I was like 15, 16 years old, I uh, had lots of anger issues. I was picked at a lot at school. I was bullied. Um, I couldn't really retaliate at school because then it would cause more problems, so I didn't really retaliate. Um, so I had a lot of anger in me, um, had a whole lot of anger in me growing up. There was one day in particular that I remember vividly. I got home, and uh, I got into my room, and I punched the wall. And when I punched the wall, a bunch of books fell over onto the floor in front of me. All of them remained closed except for one book, and it was the Bible. Um, this is unsaved, Trevor. I had no concept, like, really of who God was at all. Um, but miraculously, it opened up to Psalm 37, verse 1, um, for a person that was fretting, <laughs> you know, and I had to read that to myself. Do not fret over those who do evil. Do not envy those who do wrong, for they will wither quickly like the grass and wilt like tender plants. I only read those two verses, and it gave me peace as an unsaved person. Before the faith, it's like 15, 16-year-old Trevor. Um, and I believe now, more than ever, we need to hear this word. We're currently living in a culture of envy, in a culture of covetousness. Covetousness. This mantra is, if you ain't got it, go get it, right? And if you can't get it, make sure those that have it suffer. We've seen people who have killed and murdered, celebrated on TV, and praised as heroes for their wickedness and their selfishness. We've seen men destroy families a hundred times over and use that as a portal of success for their own gain. Now they counsel the world on how they can get their houses in order. We've seen women that have skipped the line using their beauty and body 
all while being revered as virtuous women. Now, they are the face of the community and a role model for your girls. The honest suffer for their honesty and the liar rewarded for their deceit. The rewards to us seem backwards and unjustified and God knows that we feel this way. Yet, the commandment he gave to us to keep our hearts in check was to not covet. Why is that? In Exodus 20, 17, the root word for covet means to crave, to desire, and to treasure. Coveting doesn't begin outside of you. It begins from within you. It's a selfish idea that only seeks to please what you idolize in the now. God warned us to not allow our hearts to treasure something that is not him. James even spoke to the destruction of covetousness. Covetousness. Yeah. Covetousness. In James 4, 1 through 3, this is what James said. What causes conflict and quarrels among you? Don't they come from the passions at war within you? You crave what you do not have. You kill and covet, but you are unable to obtain it. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask. And when you do ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives that you may squander it on your own pleasures. The danger of coveting goes beyond just personal loss. Covetousness, covetousness is in its truest form in opposition against the faith. Our faith rests only in Jesus, right? He is the object of our faith that we trust in. But when you covet, you switch Jesus for a thing. That thing could be a person, a position, or a place. But it will never satisfy us and will eventually make us look for the next new thing. And then the next. And then the next. Ultimately leading us to an even greater level of emptiness. There is no fulfillment in this. Ask the rich. They have all the money, but many do not have peace. How many have ended their own lives because the thing they chased made them feel worse? You kill and you covet, but you are unable to obtain it. Ask the warmonger how much land brought them peace or the addict how much self-love healed their trauma. You do not have because you do not ask. And when you do ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives that you may squander it on your own pleasures. We must get this before the ways of life sweep us away. We must not base our identity, our purpose, our skill level, our self-worth on the things we see from others. The sin of comparison is hard to avoid, but do not covet and do not fret. Well, what does it mean to fret? Because that's an old word, right? <laughs> fret comes from the root word in the Hebrew that means to be kindled or to burn. To be kindled or to burn. In this generation, you hear them say a person is getting heated. Or I'm getting hot. I heard that a lot at school. Those kids, man, that boy make me hot, man. He make me hot. They're getting to get upset, you know, so they, they, 
I always find it interesting that today's slang is closer to, to the Hebrew. I'm not going to, that's a whole nother message. But uh, <laughs> so I always find it interesting. I'm like, this stuff is biblical language. They just don't know it, but um, yeah. The word comes from a place of indignant anger. Anger from someone who believes they have been wronged. And though we may feel we have a place to feel irate or resentful, we have no grounds to stand on when we look to God. Here's the root issue. They're the root of our issues right now. We fret because we covet. And consequently, when we fret, we look like the wicked. We wouldn't fret if we were truly content. Amen? What is contentment? Being happy or satisfied with where you are. It's the opposite of coveting in that sense, right? So how do we overcome the pull towards coveting and worrying or fretting? King David wrote this psalm as an acrostic poem. Can you say acrostic? Acrostic poem. Um, so that means that each verse begins with a letter in the Hebrew alphabet. Um, we do this with sayings and quotes and acronyms to help us remember something or the purpose behind something. You've seen this for children. Um, they'll do like a, the first letter is, is when you look down the line, it spells a particular word, you know, like dare. I'm just thinking one off the top of the head, dare. You know, it's, it's four different words, you know, but we remember dare, right? So in that same sense, what is happening here is that this particular psalm is more of like a prescription against the symptoms of fretting. Okay, so it's if I if I give you an acrostic, it's a way for you to easily remember what to do because you remember the letters. Right. So in that same that same same spirit, this is what David was doing with this song. Okay, and I'm going to give you three things to consider and I'll be out your way. All right. So the first thing that I would uh, say you have to consider for yourselves to not fret is to let the Lord feed you. Let the Lord feed you, okay? Verses three through four tell us a few things. Each sentence begins with what we call imperative words. Say imperative, okay? These are words that are not asked, are not, not asking you to do something. It's commanding you to do something, okay? The words at the beginning of each sentence in between three and four appear in this order. Trust, dwell, delight. Trust, dwell, delight. Okay? So to overcome fretting, you must first abandon your trust in the worldly system and trust in God. This requires shifting your confidence toward God and not towards the things you did before. But distractions abound in this shift. As we've grown accustomed to choosing money and status as something to be confident in rather than in God. But when the money and the status has been stripped away, that confidence is now homeless. So that's why you must place it back in God first before his presence will ever live. Sorry. So, so that's why you must place it back in God first because his presence will never leave you without a place to be. So then you dwell. So first you trust, and now you dwell, okay? So you dwell in a place God has placed you. 
And rather than feeding on self-righteousness or envy, you feed on God's faithfulness. So trusting leads to dwelling, okay? And now dwelling leads to delight. Now that you trust him and you dwell with him, you crave the food that he places on the table. It's not strange anymore to want more of his presence as you now want to be there with him. So just like mama's cooking, or that relative that can clang pots. Y'all got that, that, that one relative that you're like, right, I'm going to go to that person's house because that cake about to be, about to be hit and, and, and macaroni and cheese, you know, they make the best macaroni and cheese this side of Mississippi. You feel me? You know what I'm saying? Everybody, I think everybody got a family. Oh, you might be that person in the family and you got to do more work. I'm sorry. But people might look at you like that, okay? <laughs> but, we you know, you got that one. You like, remember mama's cook? You remember the smell of it from the kitchen, right? And it brought you delight. You delighted in being at that table because you dwelled with your mama, your daddy, or that relative. And you were able to enjoy that food more because you had something to look forward to. You wouldn't have gotten there if you hadn't dwelled with them. You wouldn't have gotten there if you didn't trust them. That's why you have to trust. Then dwell. And before you get to delight, you have to actually like being in the house. The issue, and this is, this is a side note, the issue that we have in the faith is that many people don't like being in the faith. They don't want to be here. They don't want to be a part of anything. They don't know how to dwell with God. So they fret because they have something else in mind that's supposed to be greater than this experience that they're supposed to be having with God. So that's why you need to trust first and abandon your confidence in the things that the world has been offering you and put that confidence toward and turn that confidence towards God. Then when you have that trust in God, then you get in the house. And you can sit at his table and you can eat the same food that he wants to give you. And that food begins to taste good. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good, right? Right? But, you have, but in order to get there, you have to trust first. Trust. Then you dwell, okay? Then you delight, all right? Hallelujah. Yeah, so the first, so the first shift will be in how you eat. That is holistically. When God changes how you eat, he changes your desires, Remember, when you're staying close to him, your desires become his desires. Or flip it, your, your, your desire become, mm, his desire become your desire. Thank you, sir. Yeah, his desire becomes your desire. You begin to match your desire with his because you've been in his table. You've gotten used to his presence, right? You've gotten used to being in his presence. So now, like I said, you trust. What's next? Dwell. And what's last? Delight, Right? That's what verse 3 through 4 teaches us, okay? Trust in him, then you dwell with him, and when you dwell with him, you will delight in him, okay? Here's the second one. Let the Lord promote you. Let the Lord promote you, okay? Verses 5 through 6 deals with your goals. It begins with another command to commit your way to the Lord. And afterwards, again, once again, to trust him. 
but let's deal with the word commit first, okay? So the Hebrew word for commit in this particular passage means to roll, R-O-L-L, means to roll, as in rolling one's burden off of their own shoulders, okay? God spoke to Joshua in Joshua chapter 5, following 40 years of wilderness. They had not circumcised any of the new generation because of their tumultuous journey. They inadvertently raised the new generation without the covenant of God through circumcision. It was only after Joshua circumcised the men of Israel and his own house that the Lord spoke to Joshua in Joshua 5, 9, saying, This day I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. And he named that place Gilgal, which is the root word for to roll. We all need this relief. Amen? We all need to relieve ourselves of the burdens we carry that we should, um, that we should lay down. But we've been, pro- we've been programmed to always have a plan B if laying it down doesn't work. Right? But God requires no plan B. He is the plan. Many suffer because they believe they are doing this all alone. But if you have Christ, you are never alone. That's why in the text you are urged to trust him again. Commit and trust. This is the second time we've seen trust. Trust for many is not immediate. Amen? Amen? (laughs) Trust is a process, right? The Lord knows that. So even when you feel your burdens will lead you to victory, they may be stopping you from something greater. Lay them down and trust God. And his promise is that he will make you shine. He will make you shine, okay? The world cannot make you shine like the Lord can make you shine. He will promote you. He will make you visible for his glory and his purposes. He will make you shine for your outworking of his righteousness. He will make you great in a way the world cannot. Here's a second shift. When God changes how you commit, you change the way you attract. When God changes the way you commit, you change the way that you attract. Commit to the Lord and lay your worldly chase at his feet, which is a source of fretting. And he and be made known by and be made known by and through his name. The best fame is a fame the Lord gives you. The best fame is a fame the Lord gives you. This is the last one. Let the Lord protect you. Let the Lord feed you. Let the Lord promote you. And let the Lord protect you. These are all three sources of fretting, of being angry with the world. How we eat, how we are recognized for the things that we do, and whether or not we feel like we're safe. Verse 7 through 8 reminds us that the result of our pursuit to justify ourselves leads to anger and rage. Has anyone had anything said about them or done to them that made them, you know, made you feel some type of way? Amen. I think we all have been there, right? You know what I'm saying? So here the Lord is saying after he has changed the way that you desire and the way that you commit, that he wants you to change your level of patience. 
Patience is an ingredient sort of lacking in our current age. We want things done now and right now. I want it done now. All right? Services are expedited and issues are resolved with a few clicks on your phone. Who had an Amazon order today and won't? Hmm? How many clicks on your phone does it take for you to return that bad boy? I don't like it. Here, send my money back. UPS, right? Boom. Quick and easy, right? Right? Just being real. You can hail and nail a business in a few seconds on your phone. Right? You can say that person's got the best food this side of Mississippi. You can say that food dude had roaches in his place. You know what I'm saying? You could tear a whole business down in a few seconds. Right? Right? Am I, am I lying? Right? So everything that we have right now has been expedited. Right? So we have issues. They're resolved quickly. Right? But truthfully, the things that truly weigh on our soul take time to work through. Especially if we have been hurt by someone unrepentant. Who been hurt by somebody unrepentant? But the Lord has a plan for both you and the unrepentant. And your job is to trust his process. Hear the command to rest and then cease. Rest actually being a root word for patience in this particular scripture. So patience and then cease. Okay? So let's examine rest again, right? It means to be still. Be still. I like this one better because I hear this. I heard this a lot growing up. It means to hold on to your peace. Okay? Hold your peace. Amid all these shifts, the next step is to hold your peace while others may scorn you. How many have held their peace and watch the Lord move on your behalf. This is a part of overcoming fretting. It takes, patience, it takes a patient soul to wait out the wicked. It takes a patient soul to wait out the wicked. Okay? And while you are being patient, the Lord requires you to cease your urge to take up wrath. Cease your urge to take up wrath. This is very important. The Hebrew word for wrath has two meanings that should cause alarm. It can mean both rage and poison. Rage and poison. So if you allow your patience to be defeated, you allow fret to turn into a poisonous rage. The type of toxic rage appeared in the heart of Cain. Actually, the same word is used when it said that he was burning with anger. It's the same word that they use for poisonous wrath, poisonous rage. This same rage took over Cain before he killed his brother. It's irrational in his pursuit for justification and poisons the user more than those they intend to hurt. The verse ends by warning you that if you do not cease from your reliance on wrath, it will cause more evil. Your sword will cause a thousand deaths that will lead to your own. Those that live by it, die by it. So do not allow all that the Lord has built up in you to be toppled by your rage. Leave the wrath to God 
who is holy and, ju and can justly judge the wicked. But you wait patiently in the meantime. Defend what the Lord is building in you. Defend what the Lord is building in you from your own wrath and keep watch over it and protect and keep over it. Keep watch over it as he protects you and what he has begun in and around you will come to pass. Because truthfully, some things that we think should move faster may take a little longer than we thought. The Lord showed me this while I was gardening. Um, I have one side of my garden I had. I, I love okra. So I plant lots of okra. Yeah, if you want some, I got your back next year, okay? Um, I got your back. All right, so I love okra. I see you too. All right. <laughs> I was like, oh, see, I got three, four people now. Uh, so, <laughs> so I love okra. So I planted multiple plants of okra. So in one particular spot, I planted four okras. And I love hot stuff. Y'all already know that. So I planted four plants of Jamaican scotch bunny peppers. Okay? So I planted them both in the same area. They both got the same fertilizer. They both got the same water. They both got the same everything. The okra been giving me okra for the past three months. Um, and this is like around June, I, had, I just pulled my second harvest from all my four okra plants. And these doggone Jamaican Scots bunnies ain't done nothing. So I'm looking at these suckers, I'm like, all right, I'm tired of y'all. I'm gonna tear y'all up, right? I'm about to tear these up because these things ain't growing. So I almost, I was about to pluck them out and then I got a job and life got busy. Um, you know, so I just, I didn't pull them up. Um, then I just started watering them. You know, I was like, well, since you're here, you get water too. So I watered it. You know, I ain't got nothing from it yet. You know, okra still yielding. I'm like, thank you, Lord, for the okra. And I'm just like, you on the other hand, you need to need at least one pepper, one pepper, man, one. But um, just kept watering it, kept watering it. Little did I know, August ended. First week of September, all of them bloomed. A week later, they all had peppers. That next week, they, all their peppers were ripe. I was like, hold up now. And I'm looking at my okra now. My okra ain't growing nothing. <laughs> my okra done slowed up. I was like, hold up, man. I need like, at least about like, another batch, man. Give me about seven more. You know what I'm saying? Just, I'm like, please. I'm like, come on now. Um, but it, didn't, it wasn't growing at the same rate you know, that I, I thought that the, the okra was going to keep growing at. You know, so I thought to myself, I was like, maybe I misjudged the season. I mistrust the season these things are supposed to be growing in. I, I planted them both in April. The okra came through by June. But the Jamaican scotch bunnies started coming in in September. Hear me. Stop misjudging your season. Stop misjudging it. Stop telling the Lord when you're supposed to be blooming. Stop it. It's a cause of fretting. It makes you fret. You think you're ready now, you ain't ready. You ain't ready. You're catching the same fertilizer everybody else catching. You're catching the same watering that everybody else is getting. But a sin of comparison pop up. And you say to yourself, I ain't growing fast enough. You're growing just right. You're growing just right. You're growing just right. Stop misjudging your season. Stop misjudging it. Water yourself with the word. Keep watering yourself with the word. Keep fertilizing yourself with his righteousness and his goodness. 
Keep feeding yourself with that, right? And when it is time, in his goodness, he will make you into that harvest that you knew that you could have been. But don't rush him. Don't rush him. And don't fret. You may not be there yet, but it don't mean you won't get there. This was off the top of the dome. There was a, my, my, my neighbor um, had a flower that she grew in the front of her yard. And I remember it vividly. It was a wildflower. And it was one of the prettiest flowers I ever seen. And I remember being young, expecting that same flower to pop up every single year, and it didn't. And I was like, what the world happened to this situation? It's a five-year flower. It grows only once every five years. Like clockwork, every five years, a bad boy sprung up out the ground and was just right there, beautiful as can be. But it took them five years to bloom. Do not allow the sin of comparison to make you fret. Trust God. Dwell with him. And desire him. Commit your way to him. And trust him more. And be patient and cease from wrath. Do not covet and do not fret. The Lord is working on your behalf and will bring you into the season of your growth. At its most optimal time. Do not fall for the sin of comparison. Please do not. This is the bane of the saints. We have escalated in foolishness because we want to look like somebody else. We want to sing like somebody else. We want to dress like somebody else. You want to preach like somebody else. Trust the Lord to make you the person that you're supposed to be. Not the emulation of something that you are not. If you're going to emulate anybody, emulate Jesus. Who had cause to fret, but he didn't. Consider him who endured such hostility from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. That's Hebrew 12.3. May the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Lord, you are worthy. You give us cause to not fret. You promised us that you would never leave us nor forsake us, Lord. We have no cause to fret. We have no reason to be heated, to be angry. I thank you right now, God, for what you're doing in the lives of your people that are hearing this word in this sanctuary and also online and on the podcast as well, Lord. I pray, God, that you would encourage them Show them, Lord, that you're making them exactly who you need them to be. Help us to trust your process, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for reminding that trust was twice. Trust and trust again. Trust and trust again. It's a process. You have your way in us, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So today, if you are not saved... You have many causes to fret because you have nothing but the things around you 
that you can put your faith in. Those things will fail you in due time. The money that you chase will fail you. The person that you're chasing will fail you. The child that you want will fail you. The place that you want to be at will fail you. That job that you thought was going to solve all your issues is going to fail you. It can't be the source to stop you from having anxiety and worry. It's going to cause more anxiety and more worry. You need to put your hope and your faith in Christ. So today, if you are unsaved, I implore you to come to the faith. He's all you need. He'll teach you to trust him. He'll teach you how to dwell with him. He'll teach you how to delight in him. He'll teach you how to be patient. He'll teach you how to trust him even more. He will teach you how to be exactly what you need to be for the season that you're in. So if you are willing today, say this simple prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner and I cannot save myself. I pray like I know now, God, that you are the one who saves. I know now, Lord, that you died for me and that you rose on the third day for me to be saved from myself and from this world. So I commit myself to you today and forever. Help me to love you even more. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that simple prayer, welcome to the faith. Welcome to the faith. And if you are online and you gave your life to the Lord, we would definitely love to hear from you. Please let us know in the chat. If you're in the sanctuary, let us know. We want to love on you today. And we thank you right now, God, for what you're doing in the midst of your people. Be encouraged, saints. Be encouraged. Do not fret. Amen? Amen. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world, on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, 
go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.